G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, September 5. I'm John Barker. Joining me as usual, Daniel Nuttall and Joel Marshall. Well, Daniel, first weekend of spring and there's some pretty tasty action happening across the weekend, most notably as usual on Saturday and this weekend we head to the Valley and Randwick. It's Pat's Day at Randwick. And at the Valley, we have the fee and stakes with a ticket into the Cox Plate up for grabs. Um, do you reckon, Daniel, that uh, Saturday's Cox Plate winner will need a ticket into the Cox Plate? And do you think there's any potential Cox Plate winners lurking in the field? Because no one's done it. No one's done the double since El Segundo in 2007, and no mm. runner has won the Cox Plate since. Uh, Maldivian in uh, 2008. What's your reading? Yeah, short answer. I don't, I, no, I don't think so. Uh, look, surprise baby. You know, he's a bit of a freak, this horse. Uh, the Melbourne Cup is the is the target for him. But, um, you know, oh, will, he, will he race in a Cox Plate if he wants to win this? Is that is that on the agenda? Um, look, I, th- I can certainly think he, he's one of those horses that can certainly measure up. But just looking at the field now, you've got a couple of hard match fit horses, which wouldn't match up, which wouldn't um, measure up in a Cox Plate, I wouldn't have thought. It's still a, a competitive contest, but in terms of the Cox Plate winner coming out this week, I think the, the trend will continue. And, um, yeah, I don't think the winner of the fan will be winning the Cox Plate. Uh, well, you make some good points there. And certainly um, since they've had this free ticket into the Cox Plate for the fan winner, the closest any of these fan winners has come in the, uh, in the Cox Plate his fifth, which was Awesome Rock in 2016. But, Joel, I believe there is a chance that Surprise Baby, win, lose or draw on Saturday, will press on uh, or will try a saintly-style Melbourne Cup preparation coming through the Cox Plate. How do you see that panning out? Yeah, look, I think Surprise Baby wins. I think he goes to the Cox Plate and then Melbourne Cup, and that's probably the only three times we see him just... Um, sort of that seems to be what Paul Prusker's got up, uh, got sort of in his mind. Uh, if he loses and doesn't get a ticket into the Cox Plate, well, they may they may give him a run in a different race. Uh, but it'll be interesting. I think either way, he's, he's going to have a very similar prep to last year: three runs, and and that'll just about do him. And uh, well, we we know he, he he comes to hand very quickly, and obviously we haven't seen him for a long time. Look, he's uh, I think he can win on Saturday and then go to the Cox Plate and run a Super Race. All righty. Well, we will take you right through the black type at Mooney Valley. It starts in race five. It's the time-honoured Strathmore Community Bendigo Bank stakes. So time-honoured that uh, up until acceptance time, this race was listed as simply stakes. Uh, anyway, it's uh, it's a listed uh, listed quality handicap over twelve hundred metres. Joel, where did you go here? Well, uh, the market seems to have it and a race in two between Age of Chivalry and Showmanship. I'm in the camp of Age of Chivalry just simply for the fact that Showmanship's had four runs in a row now at 1,400. It took him a while to wind up at Caulfield the other day. Yeah, he had 60 kilos. Um, so that could certainly be, um, you know, you can attribute it some of that fact that he was a bit slow to wind up to that and also that he was a break between runs. But Age of Chivalry is going to have a head start on him. Now he's got four kilos more than him, but I think he can just lob into the first two here and, and take plenty of catching. So I'm three to beat six, uh, two Mandela effect, 
he's hard to leave out, isn't he? 18 top two finishes from 23 starts. So even though 1,200's probably shorter than his best trip at this level, he won't be too far from them. And seven Chicago Cub next best. Yeah, I'm with Age uh, Chivalry. He maps to get all the favours, doesn't he? He'll go forward, as he always likes to do. I thought that fresh one at Caulfield in the Regal Roll was very good. Veradine got the better of him that day, but that horse had, um, had informed and did a match fitness on his side. Um, as Joel said, showmanship will be, will be spotting him a head start, and I think it'll be too much at the Valley. Age Chivalry can generally improves into his second up run, and I have him on top. Showmanship next best, certainly a... A talented horse. Um, I think Everest is on the table there. Well, they're, they're thinking that way anyway. So back to 1,200 metres here. You'd think he'd be running well, drops four kilos. So those are the two, as the market suggests. I think Akinastar and Mandela Effect, both first up today. But, you know, they're pretty handy horses. They both um, generally present pretty well first up and run a race. I think they're, they're the other horses for wider sort of exotics. But three, six, and two, and one from for me, <clears throat> yeah, well, I've gone the other way around. I'm sticking with uh, showmanship, hoping uh, from gate three the wizard can have him close enough on the turn to beat Age of Chivalry and a couple of the first uppers, Mandela Effect and Heptagon. So my numbers would be six, three, two, and four. Race six at the Valley on Saturday is the Mitty's McEwen Stakes, thousand metres, Group Two, standard weight for age, intriguing race, job. Very intriguing, plenty of speed. And look, again, similar to that previous race, I've really sort of tossed up between two, and they're the two that had the betting, eight and seven. I've gone with the, the three-year-old Colt Hanseatic. Always a bit of an unknown how we see them return. But uh, the fact that they're going sort of this, this, route, this route against the older horses suggests he's going well. His only miss, of course, was in the Golden Slipper. His other form was uh, impossible to fault. So I've lent his way from Brooklyn Hustle. Excellent win first up. She's now two for two at the Valley. She'll get a soft run just behind them and just need uh, the gaps to appear at the right time. Six with a spoon. Gee, she's got some pace, this mare. Uh, she's in really good form up in Sydney. Just uh, you wouldn't see much, many horses go quicker in that recent jump out at Caulfield the other day. Just absolutely flew for the first three or 400 metres. Um, she, if she, well, she will lead and she will give them something to catch. And five, Bella Bella. That surprise Group 1 win in the Sankster at the end of her last prep. We know she loves the Valley. And if she can come back in that Group 1 sort of form, well, she's going to be giving this a bit of a shake. So a really tricky sort of a race. Interesting leg of the quaddy, small field, but there's probably a few chances. Eight from seven, six and five for me. Yeah, I'm with Bella Vella here on top. Um, of course, a Group 1 winner, Earlier in the year in Adelaide, she won first up at this track, um, sat outside the leader, which I think she'll do here outside Witherspoon. will certainly lead from Barrier 5. Um, loves Mooney Valley, goes well fresh, and Jamie Carr in terrific form at the moment. So she's my main bet in the race. I think Fine Dane, though, the John Maloney stable is worth an each-way play. 35 to 1, flies, flies first up. Really nice jump out uh, behind with a spoon in that in that jump out Joel referenced, um, and did a pretty good form without winning last preparation around some handy types. So uh, with a bit of luck on the fence, I think um, he can certainly figure it at a price. It's worth throwing into wider exotics, that's for sure. At the, at the thirty-five dollars with a spoon and Brooklyn Hustle uh, in the games, well, Brooklyn Hustle will need a little bit of luck. We'll get back from barrier two and, and um, hope things go our way. But the fresh win was was really good, and um, she can certainly win a race like this. 
four, sorry, five, four, seven, and six in the McEwen. I'm with Brooklyn Hustle to beat Bella Vella. I chucked in rulership, not well weighted at uh, the weight for age, but uh, two runs have been encouraging and Hanseatic for four, seven, five, nine, and eight. Race number seven at the Valley on Saturday is the English Ready to Race Atlantic Jewel Stakes. 1,200 metres for three-year-old fillies at set weights and penalties. Joel, this race includes one of your horses to watch for the spring that we went through a few weeks ago. And uh, strangely enough, for a three-year-old fillies race, it also includes the sire of Far Lap. Uh, Joel, tell us about Aidensfield. Yeah, Aiden's feel, and also <laughs> agreeable. I think was one that I did mention because we did those those horses to follow the week of the Cosette Stakes. Uh, so yeah, really in a conundrum here trying to split these two. I've gone with the the first up at Aiden's Field, thinking she was going to be value. They came up sort of pretty well level in the betting, so I was a little bit surprised by that. But uh, I think Aiden's Field can press forward and be ahead of agreeable in the run, and that just might be the difference. Uh, she sort of got under a few people's guard on debut, winning a sad day race. She jumped out well prior to that, and then she went to Sandown and, and won very comfortably, both on wet tracks in the winter. So, you know, we're getting on dry ground and better horses around. She's got to measure up, but I think she can. Agreeable was super in the Quisette, really strong at the end of 1,100. Extra 100 metres, certainly helpful, just whether she's just going to need that little bit further. Uh, but I think they're the main two. Five Unstoppable might be a good roughie. She ran some good races as a two-year-old without luck on several occasions. I thought she jumped out well before the fresh run at Sandown. She resumed against horses with match fitness. She had 60 and a half, got up on the inside and probably just peaked late. And she could be the, the real knockout horse closing late with clear air, Unstoppable. And... Well, Mick Price, interesting. He's got three runners here, all coming off very impressive maiden wins as favourite. I've lent the way of number 12, Odium. I had quite liked her jump outs before that win at Maui, but uh, the market seems to be with Night Raid. So interesting to watch that trio. But I've gone 4, 8, 5, 12. Yeah, I'm with one of those um, three, and that is Night Raid. It was didn't beat a whole lot of Chachura first up, but she was so, so dominant there on the heavy nine and absolutely thrashed him the Debut run back on New Year's Day, I thought was really good um, in a pretty pretty deep race down the straight at Flemington. Um, drawn well here in Barrier Five and the six fifty in early markets, so I think it was worth an each way bet. But um, I think it's into five dollars now, so um, the money's come for it. Um, of course, the price Ken Junior Stable had a good hand in a race last week. Immortal Love got the job done. I think with um, hopefully same result can happen this week with Night Raid, one of their runners. On top for me, the nine. In for second of the eight, agreeable. Terrific in the in the Quisette. Obviously got a long way back there um, and backed up by the clock. The two in for third, which is River Knight. Um, in that same race, sort of a little bit closer um, and sort of t- up, up along the rail there. But it was a good run. I think she's in for a good preparation. And the 10 in for fourth. I thought Incredulous Dream was one at a bigger price, a press statement filly. Um, you could probably worth throwing into, I guess, um, Trifectus first fours, Quadrellas. Uh, very good fresh run at Sand, Sandown Hillside over 1,300 metres. Um, the form of that race has since looks pretty good and I thought was just over the odds and worth throwing into um, the exotics. And what is, a, what is a pretty strong race? Nine, eight, two and ten. I am with Night Raid as well, which is the filly I was referring to earlier 
uh, night raid, of course, was the sire of Farlap. So I think the uh, Australian stud book might be losing a little bit of cultural memory because uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have thought you could call a horse that. I mean, you can't call him Danehill, can you? But uh, uh, I guess not in the specific category of names that are barred, that is names that have been used in the last 15 years or stakes winners of the last X number of years or Melbourne Cup winners ever. But uh, anyway, interesting one. Night Raid to beat Aidan's Field, agreeable. And River Knight, nine, four, eight and two. Main race of the day at the Valley. Race eight, Ladbrokes, Fian Stakes. 1,600 metres as we speak to you on uh, Thursday afternoon. There are eight left to face the starter after the scratching of Regal Power. She's a group two, as I mentioned. Standard weight for age. With 250000 and for the winner, a ballot-free entry into the Cox Plate. Where did you go here, Joel? Well, I was with Regal Power until we saw his scratching earlier today. So it's left me with a surprise, baby. He was very good first up in this race last year. Um, I would say this race is you know, it's certainly no stronger. It could even be a touch weaker. Um, look, I was yeah, I was sort of looking to go to go around him, considering he's the favourite. But uh, yeah, I'm left with him on top. I certainly won't be declaring him. Um, it's a tricky sort of a race. Uh, yeah, I'm not not confident enough to really step in. But I've gone with Surprise Baby number four to beat six Sir Coney. He's up and about. He's fit. He's racing well. Can't believe he didn't get past in good health the roughy last week. But um, look, he's going to be on speed, and if he hasn't had enough. By this, uh, you know, for this prep, then he can run well again. Uh, eight Harbour Views. This has sort of been the target for him since they tipped him out after the that winter prep where he, he won really well at this track over the 2040. And then, of course, had a few issues next time out at Caulfield. He's good enough to run well. Just got to sort of prove himself now. And nine coming around, who's uh, another one that's fit in form and, and racing quite well. But, uh, yeah, not really... Sort of interested in getting too involved. Four from six, eight, and nine. Yeah, it'll be more a watch race for me. I'm really looking forward to um, return a surprise baby. Just what he's done so far in just 11 starts. Um, you know, shorter trips early on. And then, of course, the last preparation was excellent in a better uh, quality, I guess, fee than this. Um, came from last and was very good. And then, of course, second up, 2,500 metres, won group three, the Bart Cummings before um, the Melbourne Cup run, which we all know was, was terrific. Um, as Joel said earlier, three runs this time in will be a similar sort of path as last preparation. Um, I think the horse's time around it be hard to beat in this, but probably getting out to, getting to his right price now, surprised by around that $3 mark. So on top, the four, the nine, and next coming around, I can entertain. Brett Stanley was pretty um, confident during the week about his, his chances. Uh, it was pretty solid behind Elsvin last time. He sort of had the run up on the speed and that on leader bias track at Mooney Valley on the heavy eight last last start. Um, the good jockey booking of Froggy knew it. The eight in next harbour views and one humidor won't be leaving out of my um, trifectas and first fours. Four, nine, eight and one. Yeah, I'm with Surprise Baby as well to beat harbour views Muhammad Dias and coming around four, eight, five and nine. Uh, my best comes up in the last, and that is Dabir, unbeaten second up. Uh, loves the uh, Valley, unbeaten at the Valley as well. And 
my value bet comes up in the fourth, and that is number 10, First Class Dreamer, up against your best, Daniel, and your best, Joel, and that's Junie Powell. So tell us about Junie Powell, Joel. Yeah, he's been well found by the market, around $2.50, uh, so short enough. But, um, look, I, his first up run was excellent at Caulfield. Uh, brilliant uh, late sectionals there behind showmanship with the 61 and a half. He's raced well at the Valley before, and he measured up to a pretty decent level last prep, getting beat half a length by Cascadian and defeating Graceful Glamour. A pretty strong form for a race like this. I would have thought he's just going to need a little bit of luck at the right time from gate one. Yeah, Juniper, obviously, as well. I thought it was the run of the race at Caulfield Fresh, especially with the, as Joel touched on, the 61.5 kilos he had to carry. Um, yeah, just as the Barry won some sort of concern, but you look at that form and he's beaten Graceful Glamour over the mile and and sort of run well in better races than this. Um, second up, 56 kilos. Um, if he gets the luck, it'll be really hard to beat Juniper. Race four, number six. All right, and we've heard about your value bet. Daniel, which was race seven, number nine, night raid. So, Joel, your value bit comes up a little bit earlier in race three. Yeah, number six, succeed indeed. I had a little something on her at her first start in the group three thoroughbred breeders on the back of some good jump outs. She finished third there behind Menage, but it was a decent enough run. The time wasn't flash, but uh, I thought she did a good job first up, 1,400 metre, three-year-old Phillies maiden at Sandown. Hit the line strongly. Good late splits. Now, the extra 100 metres is a tick. She is taking on winners, so that makes it a bit tough. But we know at this time of the year that some of those three-year-olds can uh, can sort of jump out of the ground and, and race out of their class and perform really well. So I think she's a, a good player to earn 8 or $9. All righty. That wraps up a massive meeting at the Valley on Saturday. As I mentioned, we go to Randwick for... Sydney Metro racing on Saturday. It is Tats Day. There uh, is a group three and three group twos. And that group three, which is a six-horse race, it'll be one of the more interesting six-horse races contested around Australia this weekend because it is race four at Randwick on Saturday. TAB Concord Stakes, 1,000 metres. Group three set weights and penalties. So here's the return of Nature Strip and Gitra. And Nature Strip, of course, has been unplaced first up last couple of preps. Guitra, his occasional nemesis. Um, Nature Strip has been trialling Joel like nothing in the world is going to beat him. So what's going to happen on Saturday? <laughs> yeah, well, he was sort of, everyone was thinking nothing in the world could beat him in the Lightning first up. And, and Guitra did, beating by over three lengths, in fact. So... It's happened before. I was very close to having the two above the one, but I have gone for Nature Strip. Um, he is just trialling so well. And I think back around to Bend, I know we saw him blitz them up the straight in the in the VRC Classic, but I think at 1,000 metres around to Bend, he's just going to be very hard to catch. Ball of muscle kick through from the inside gate. Might make him work a little bit to, uh, to find the front eventually, uh, but he's just going to take a stack of running down. Guitra really emerged as genuine Group 1 class last prep. He was 20 to 1 in that Lightning, but all his subsequent runs just suggest it was no fluke. Placed in the new market, William Reed and the Goodwood. So he's genuine top tier, and he'll be charging late. Uh, five Dirty Work, the emerging four-year-old Entire, really came of age last prep. His uh, handicap rating skyrocketed there with that listed win at Rose Hill. I liked the recent trial from him and the old boy Ball of Muscle. He, uh, he'll be whacking away. 
as he normally is, but to one from two, five, and three for me. Yeah, I'm not sure I beat him. Nature strip, as, as Joel sort of said, thousand meters around the bend um, could have been a little bit vulnerable first up in the in the lightning down the straight. But I think this is uh, much more his go. And uh, whilst baller muscle might um, prove a bit of a nuisance up on the up on the speed, I think he's um, I think he'll be really be hard to beat all throughout this preparation. Nature strip, um, we're going to be with him at a backwall price at least. Um, throughout this preparation and, and towards the Everest. Um, geez, is that good? So he's on top. Gichara in next um, for a fresh record. Very good. Get to Mr. Cronulla from five starts. He was excellent in, the, in his autumn campaign. Tackled the, those high-end sprints and um, certainly acquitted himself well. So uh, he won't be far away. Ball of muscle and splintex uh, round out the top four. One, two, three, four. Across to race six at Randwick on Saturday. It is the first of the Group 2's first leg of the quaddy. Dali Furious Stakes. Set weights for three-year-old fillies, Joel. Yeah, I've gone the way of number three, Hungry Heart here. She looked really good in that first prep. Beaten down the straight on debut and then back to Sydney and won the sweet embrace at a good price and then ran really well in the Golden Slipper. Comes through a fast trial behind Nature Strip. She's drawn well. I think she'll be very hard to beat. I'll be having something... On number 11, Chianti, at double figures. Uh, I've got a bit of time for this girl. She won on debut. I tipped her in the Percy Sykes Stakes. She just had no luck from the wide gate. Uh, it was a very tough run and forgettable. There was a bit of depth to that class one at Hawkesbury first up a couple of weeks ago. Bit of winning form out of it already. She's come up with gate one. She drew gate one on debut and was able to use that to box seat. So I think she's good value. Five Angelic also comes through that Percy Sykes. We haven't seen her since then. Uh, she's yeah, she was pretty consistent through that first prep. Probably just a rung below the top level until that Percy Sykes where she beat all bar away game. So that's good form. And one Dame Giselle beat a couple of these in the Silver Shadow first up. She really sprung the lids there and found the lead quite comfortably. If she can do that again from a, a tricky gate, uh, she'll certainly be giving them something to chase. But I've gone three eleven five one. Excellent betting race. Um, I'm... With John regarding, I'm going to have a couple, a bit, a bit each way on Shianti, the 11. Love the fresh win at Hawkesbury. There was a bit of depth, I thought, to that race, and she sat wide, and it was a bit of a, it was a soft win on the line at the end. The third horse, Garrison's come out and won well. Um, I think it'll be a good form race going forward. Uh, Meeting is a is a tough race, but $15, definitely worth an each way play. Stella Pauline, I've always been a fan of. She's taken a while to break that duck. Of course, she was racing in... Handy company, um, second away game in the Magic Millions and then Group 2 behind Hungry Heart as well. Um, so the form's there, although it took her a while to sort of sort of break, break the duck, I guess, um, and go right in with it now, I think. Uh, in for third, I have the one, Dame Giselle, um, tough on the speed, last start, nothing away from her. And the, in for fourth, I have the, the four, Thermosphere, um, good behind Dame Giselle in that same race, 11-2-1 and four. Race seven at Royal Randwick on Saturday is the main race. It is the Heineken at Chelmsford Stakes, 1,600 metres, Group 2 standard weight for age. Uh, as we speak to you with the scratching of Cutter Deal, there are 15 to face the starter. And Joel, Chris Waller just has a quiet nine on. <laughs> yes, uh... Always makes things just that little bit trickier. It's going to be a tough race to assess anyway with the mile and a lot of them resuming at weight for age. And then you throw that uh, Wallerstad into the mix. Certainly makes it tough. Look, I've gone for one of Chris Wallers here and he's at good odds. 
He's yet to win in Australia, but I speak of number six, Yulong Prince. Oh, sorry, he, is, he did win in, uh, at Flemington during the Cup Carnival last year. He has run quite a few placings in his time since arriving here. Now, first up, last prep, he wasn't all that bad late, over 1,300 in the Liverpool City Cup. He then got to 1,500, split imaging in Cascadian and the Ajax. We've seen that form measure up really well in the past few weeks. You go back 12 months, his run was almost on par, I thought, with Surprise Baby in the Fian. It was very strong late out wide. I've liked his recent trials without the blinkers. He'll do no work from the soft draw. We saw Sam Clipper to nearly pull off an upset for the stable on Star of the Seas a couple of weeks ago. So I'm keen to play him each way, you long prince. Uh, to beat number one, Navilius. Of course, they had him in the wink stakes a couple of weeks ago. Elected to scratch and wait for this. Onto a drier track, but that's fine for him. We know he performs well on top of the ground. And 1,600 first up, probably just better for him. He drew wide, too, in the wink stakes. He's drawn wide again, so you know, it's been made a bit tricky. But I think the 1,600-metre tempo probably suits. Uh, 13, Zabrowski, I'm a big fan of his. He was very good late in the wink stakes. The pace did suit the back markers, and others got home better. But he just sort of lacked the sharpness early in the straight. His last 100 metres was his best work. I'll certainly be having something on him Saturday, uh, just whether he needs one more. And eight, shared ambition. Expect him to improve sharply. 1,400 fresh on heavy 10. And was probably just written a little bit too close. He will improve for that. I'm six from one, 13 and eight. The three, Mr. Seawolf, who, like a few of his stable mates and a few of the horses in the field, is second up from a spell. Uh, resumed in the Group 2 Missile Stakes at 1,200-metre sprint Group 2. Probably not right up his alley, but he's a good fresh horse. And he did um, he did perform pretty well that day. He's only two and a half uh, lakes from the winner, Eduardo. 1,600-metre um, second up more is go. He's been a ripping horse for connections and seems to have come back as as well as any time before. So on the three, Mr. Seawolf, my best value of the day in Sydney. <clears throat> the one in next, Avilius, who uh, can run a race fresh, especially over 1,600 metres, um, handles all going, so the good track, yeah, certainly won't hurt him. Uh, in fourth, third, I have the eight, which is shared ambition. Um, did a tough out wide first up. A little disappointing on face value, but he's three from three, second up, and slightly longer trip helps. And in for fourth, Zabrowski, who... Best race, he's still ahead of him. He's only had the seven starts, but yeah, tested in a Group 1 company first up and thought was pretty good there. Um, it's a pretty handy horse. Second up, more up his, more up his alley. So 9182 for me. Uh, sorry, 31813 for me. Last of the Group 2 races at Randwick on Saturday is race eight. Drinkwise, tramway, stakes, 1,400 metres, uh, set weights and penalties. Interesting runner here, Joel, and uh, your top selection. You've spoken to Andrew Scott about in this week's winning post, and that is the uh, Kiwi youngster resuming, Dragon Lee. Yeah, certainly a, a difficult task at the weights. Uh, being set weights, he's you know, won a couple of Group 2s in New Zealand, gets penalised quite heavily for hit, uh, for it, and he only gets half a kilo off proven Group 1 weight for age winner Dream 4. So he's got it all ahead of him, first start in Australia, but I think... You know, what that doesn't say is just the X factor this bloke's got. He's very smart. Just didn't quite run out the 2,400 metres in the New Zealand derby. It was the fastest derby over there since 1998. So, you know, there was no place to hide. And prior to that, he'd been really dominant in, in all but one of his performances where he should have won. He threw the race away and got nabbed on the line by one of New Zealand's best fillies and two illicit. Glenn Boss to ride. You know, no doubt he'll take improvement from the run. But he really needs to run well in this to be an Epsom chance where he'll obviously tumble in the weights. 
I don't see many of these being real Epsom players. So he's going to have to run top three, I reckon, to, to get a bit of a pass mark. So I'm going his way to beat one Dream Force. It was eight or nine dollars floating around earlier in the week off nominations for this bloke. And I looked at it and thought that's probably overs. And I should have had something on because he's into a clear favourite now. The race sort of was fell away a little bit. And, you know, he's got the 50A. He's pretty well placed, really. You've obviously just got to hope that he bounces back off that fresh run in the wink stakes. But they went really hard in front. He's probably entitled to knock up. It was nearly 17 lengths. So he did, in fact, knock up quite badly. We know he's better than that, though. Eight, Vanna Girl. Well, hard to pot her. Nine top two finishes from ten starts. Toughest test to date. I'm sure she'll be wound up and ready to go. And next best, number five, Rock. Three, one, eight, and five. I'm with Reloaded, who's first up here for the Waller Stable. He didn't win last preparation, but he ran some cracking races. He was tested the Lorraine McRozel Guineas, and he's run super in those. Um, it was a bit of an almost pre- preparation for him. He's only had the one win, but he's certainly a talented anti. His two trials have been pretty good for mine. Given a soft time, wasn't really asked to do a lot, but moved to the line well there. Um, and on each way price, I'm happy to have a go on him. In this, the nine reload, I think Vanna Girl, um, she was excellent in Brisbane. The four Miranda really stu- stood up as well. Um, this is her toughest test, but uh, the stable are aiming high with those preparations, so you think she'd be have to, have to run well here. I think she can. Uh, the one Dream Force, um, tough in the group once uh, in the week stakes, had a tough run there, can bounce back, and also in the numbers, I've got the two Colding. I think the run was too bad in that same in that same race. Um, drawn much better here. Drawn barrier four. We'll get a softer run, and second up suits him. So nine, one, eight, and two for me. Well, we've covered your value bets, which in Joel's case was that race eight number three Dragon Leap and Daniel's race seven number three Mister Sea Wolf. Tell us about your bests, starting with you, Joel. Race five number thirteen Canaan. He's obviously, uh, you know, high up on many people's sort of spring horses to follow. This bloke, Canaan, he was very impressive in the Sydney Autumn, winning that Packer Plate. I thought he was very good first up, fourteen hundred at Randwick. He came wide from the second half of the field, kept finding the line. He is only up a hundred meters, but in saying that, I think you know that he'll be just about. He will be a lot fitter, and I think he probably needs to win this just to be confident that he can measure up to the better races even though, you know, granted he's going to be suited when he gets up over more ground. James McDonald hasn't ridden this light for a, a fair while, certainly this season, and, and probably, you know, a month or two before, 54 and a half. So that's a good sign for me. I think number six, Massaf, the stable mate, it could be a, a saver because they're both going to be decent odds. It's not like Canaan's going to be super short. Massaf was very good first up without a trial. So I'm keen to play in that race. Daniel, your best? Yeah, my best up in race number three. I've got a lot of time for the Philly Raisin Detra. That uh, was a first up winner at Canterbury. Led all the way there. The second horse, Eliza Beale, come out at one comfortably at her next start. Um, 52 kilos, I think. Well, she doesn't have to lead. This is a bit of speed in the race. But um, the important thing was she, what she did first up was she jumped with them. Um, she had a bit of problem jumping with them in a debut preparation. She ran well in both of those starts at Warwick Farm and Kensington settling back because of the slow start and running on. So she is a pretty versatile filly. Uh, she's one to follow this prep and uh, with a comfortable run in transit. I think she'll be hard to beat race three, number nine, Raisin Detre. 
They are racing on the Parks track at Morfordville on Saturday. Daniel, what have you found for us there? Yeah, race six and race seven will be uh, my main bets. The race six, the best is Magic Sunset, who's first up for the Will Clarkin stable. She's in a benchmark 64 here, which I think is a race certainly within her reach. She was contesting mayor's races, races in Adelaide last preparation, benchmark 75s, those sort of races, starting favourite. And she only won one of the three, but she was I thought she was pretty good in all three starts. There were a few excuses there. Um, given a soft trial leading into this, um, and I think she's a better horse than these really. First up, I think she'll be too classy. And $4, pretty good price, I would have thought. So race six, number five, the best magic sunset. Onto bigger and better things. And race seven, number two, Dr. Dependable, I think ticking along nicely. This preparation, month and missile got the better of him last start, but he gets a pretty significant weight swing on that horse. Um, thanks to a claim from Tegan Vorham, carries 57 and a half. The rise, 1950, will suit him. He's fourth up. He seldom runs poorly. He's, he's, he's only thing he's run, he's finished outside the top four once in his last 15 starts. He's a rock solid horse and, uh, I think we'll roll forward from that wide gate and we'll take some running down, Doctor Dependable, and race seven, number two. Any thoughts on Morfordville, Joel? No, nothing for me there, Bucks. We'll go straight to Doombin then, venue for Brisbane racing on Saturday. Daniel, you're kicking us off in race five? Uh, race five, yeah, Alpine Dancer. Look, there is a shorty in the race in Cloak, um, informed stable Dan, David Van Dyke, seeing him well this this season and cloaks three from three, this preparation. Look, I think Alpine Dancer, about $11, he's worth an each way play. More, maybe have a, a bigger bet on the place bet than, than the win bet. I think, I think he'll be, I think he'll definitely run a place. He's fourth up 1,600 metres, both ticks in his favour. His last start run was very good, getting a long way back and finishing off nicely. This is his pet trip. It'll be closer to the action this time in, in the smaller field. Uh, Cloak maps to get a pretty easy lead, but I'm hoping something. Will kick up maybe right or wrong from barrier five with the claim and might kick up and um, give him a bit of grief. If not, I think Cloak will be hard to beat, no doubt. But Alpine Dancer at two eighty to place is definitely worth a bet. But definitely have a little saver on him to win. That's in race five, number four, and the best comes up in race seven. The eight gets your grey on for a, the Michael Costa stable. Um, in a better race last start was enormous in defeats um, behind Lunar Lights. Um, I think so. Will run well earlier in the day. It was four wide, no cover, this horse. It kept coming in the straight. Um, very pleasing run. The rice is 1,600 metres. Gets the impression that'll suit. Um, and a $3, have it have a bet on Get Your Grey on my best of the day in Brizzy. Race seven, number eight. You like anything in Brisbane, Joe? Uh, race eight, number six, shooting for gold. I thought he would be favourite. He's around 370, 380. Mishani misses the current favourite. I think it should be the other way around. I think he's pretty smart shooting for gold and can win again on the back of his maiden win a couple of weeks ago. All righty. Belmont, the venue for Perth racing on Saturday. Uh, no black type there, although there is the Jolly Beggar Stakes, which perhaps they are hoping to uh, promote to black type at some stage. But BJ's best, BJ Ryan's best, is race five, number six, Montalina looking to extend the picket fence there and is duly fairly short and his value bet comes up in what he describes as a raffle and it's a bit of a non-winner, race nine, number 14, Street Fair at around about the $7 mark. 
Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, they are racing at Tarapa and Whanganui. Yeah, Tarapa, we're going to stick with the horse that gave us a, a decent collect a few weeks back in Vatavar, race four, number seven. Got the cash at double figure odds, and I'm going to make him my best again. He's drawn barrier 21, so it looks terrible on paper, but he got well back last time out. Gee, he wanted to be on him coming to the turn, though. He was travelling strongly. He was sort of able to cut the corner. He powered away from them. That was just his second start in New Zealand since arriving from France. Quickly to 2,100. They had him in a mile race as well, um, but they've gone to the 2,100. He looks very progressive. I think he can win again. My value at Tarapa comes up in the first. Number 17, Graciano, was a bit of an eye-catcher first start on a tight track over 1,100 metres. She was towards the rear, really liked her last 100 metres. There's been a couple of winners out of the race already, so it's a decent form line, and 1,400 metres certainly suits this daughter of Tavistock. Over at Wanganui, the best comes up in the last. The Kevin Myers-trained ripcord, race eight, number three, Really attacked the line strongly first up from a spell. The rise to 1,600 is a big tick for him. And the value at Wanganui comes up in the in the guineas there, race six. It's the feature of the day. Needs a scratching to get a run. Number 15, Naja, is a maiden from just the one start, but she had trialled well leading into her first start. She bombed the start, got back, cut the corner, found herself in the worst part of the track. I thought she ran really well. I know she's up in class. I think she's got a stack of upside about her and uh, part owned by former jockey, former Group 1 winning jockey, Caitlin Mellion. So very interesting to see how Naja goes there at Wanganui. All righty, that wraps up a big Saturday of racing around Australasia. Uh, before we get to Saturday, of course, there is a bit of black type on Friday at Wyong, fully covered in your winning post. Naturally enough, we have uh, two listed races, the Mona Lisa, and the Wyong Gold Cup. Daniel, can you tell us, uh, give us any intel on those? I like Emeralds in the um, in the Mona Lisa, who was the last start winner in town. She won pretty pretty talented uh, mare from the John Sargent stable. Um, she won really well there, sort of over 1,250 metres. Took some time to, to wind up, and then when, when warm, really found the line nicely, uh, which gives the impression that the, the rise of 1,350 metres will suit. Of course, she was... Um, competitive in some Group 1 races back in the spring. And I think uh, if they're going to go to the heights, I think they're going to go with her. This preparation should be winning that at Wyong, um, the Mona Lisa Stakes, race six, number seven, Emerald. I'll be having a bet on her. Um, not as confident in the Wyong Cup, but I do like Savakul, um, who presents here third up. Very good Hawkesbury. First up winning on resumption. Um, didn't have much luck at in town last start. I think I'm back up here in a, in a slightly weaker race can certainly feature. But the main bet, I think, on the, in the one of those features will be in the Mona Lisa on the seven Emeralds, race six, number seven, Wyong. All right. That brings us to our best $20 bets of the weekend, a.k.a. Lazy Lobsters. Lazy 
Yes, thank you to Suburban Rock Patrol for our Lazy Lobsters theme, suburbanrockpatrol.bandcamp.com. Well, I can tell us that uh, overall we did make a small profit last weekend on the lobsters, uh, but unfortunately that was entirely thanks uh, to our guest lobsterer, Josh McInnes, with, uh, who just had the 20 win on Behemoth. I almost got money back with uh, each way Shabao and... Daniel, the king of scratchings, uh, escapes without uh, escaping. It's getting, it's getting ridiculous now. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyway, Josh is back uh, after last week's success, and he's with you guys. He is with Age of Chivalry, which uh, is at Mooney Valley, and it is race uh, five, number three. I am also at Mooney Valley. I am going 20 a win, race nine, number three, De Beer. Joel? I'll go Randwick for my $20 win bet, race five, number 13, Canane. I think Magic Sunset's um, pretty smart man. Should be winning better races than this. Morpheville, race six, number five. Excellent. Well, uh, that takes us out, only leaves us to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already, available as we speak to you online. First thing Friday morning in the shops, including, we're pleased to say, in Tasmania, winning posts now printed in Launceston on a Thursday night should be available in all shops around Tasmania on Fridays right through the Spring Carnival. So that is excellent news. Got all the form, of course, for Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Fields for Monday, all your favourite writers and features. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. We'll be back next Thursday. In the meantime, have a great weekend. Back plenty of winners, and we'll talk to you next week on the Preview Podcast.